Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. He made it a nice warm day. <laughs> uh, Brian and I decided we'd, we'd be a little cooler here. The, the choir is saying thank you very much. For, I, I see everybody kind of fanning themselves over there and trying to, to be good. And we got a hot sermon, and uh, so there's going to be, it's going to be warm in here today. So thank you for looking so pretty, even if you're, I think, a wee bit hot. As we gather together here today on this special Music Appreciation Sunday, may we lift up our hearts, our prayers, and our voices to give thanks and praise to God. Join our refrain to that in our response, hymn number 158, Come Christians Join to Sing.
Thank you. This is a very special Sunday. This is our Music Appreciation Sunday, an opportunity for us to say thank you for all the wonderful musicians and uh, those who bring to us through song and music, uh, worship each week that we so enjoy and there's so much that goes into it and it's nice that we can take an opportunity to say thank you. Inside your order of service you'll see a listing of the many people who are involved in so many different ways in our music program, whether it's in choral or bell music, whether they're uh, smaller choirs, children's choirs, adult choirs, men's choirs, women's choirs. Uh, we have such a great program here. We just want to say thank you. I know a special word of thanks for all of us to our music director, uh, Gloria Hilliard. God bless you. And our own organist, Ron McVeigh. And to all of our wonderful bell ringers, our singers, and those who bring so much to us, thank you. You know, I was just looking through this, and I see that the longest serving person in here, I want to say the oldest serving person in here, the longest serving person seems to be Jane Chapman. Uh, Right. Well, how did it feel to be a melody maker when you started here? <laughs> but uh, God bless you and thank each of you. You add so much to the, the music. Do you agree? Gary, if, if you notice, before we get into litany, if you notice what's not listed in the music. What? Bagpipes. Oh! oh. Vocal and instrumental soloist. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I feel better now. Brian, Brian is trying to give me a downer. I, I don't know. Thank. I knew that's what it meant. I knew that's what it meant. I was just going to say it just proved that bagpipes isn't real music. But. Oh, 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 oh. But I won't say that. You know, I, I think for your last Sunday, Brian, you gave me an idea. <laughs> Death. Bagpipe. <laughs> Where am I? What am I doing? I'm falling apart here, too. I've got to retire. Goodness gracious. Here we go. Um, will you join with me in the litany of appreciation? Spirit of the living God, we give you thanks for your word dancing around us. From the first bird in the morning into the last cricket at night, the sounds of your presence surround us. May our ears be open to hear your song. Spirit of the living God, we give thanks for the gift of music as it moves and shapes us. We thank you for the ways in which your poetry expresses our faith, the melody, our longing, the harmony, our hope. May our lives and our ministries nurture the gift of music. Spirit of the living God, we give thanks for the musicians that lead us in worship. We thank you for those who lead us. We thank you for those who tap and strum and play. We thank you for those who blend their voices. May our lives display appreciation for the gift of music and the respect for the dedication of those who share the gift with us. Spirit of the living God, we give thanks for the opportunity to express our love for you and for one another through the powerful mystery of rhythm. 
May our expressions of word and melody honor you now and always. Amen. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for music. It does lift our hearts and souls, and, and by our voices lifted up, we praise you. We give you thanks for everyone who is such an integral part of this wonderful musical program we have in our church that truly is one that many churches look to and um, look for as an example as the best music that can be given. And so we give you thanks for everyone who gives so much, who practices so often to bring us the very best to worship you on a Sunday morning. We give you thanks for each person, each musician, each part of that which makes this program one which truly does lift our hearts every Sunday. And we give you thanks and ask your blessing on each one through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As we come to now our time of prayer, may I invite you to turn in your hymn books to our prayer hymn. Number 473, Lead Me, Lord. Gracious God, we gather here today in an attitude of prayer in the name of Jesus Christ and come to the foot of the throne of your grace, giving you thanks, O Lord, for the beauty of this day, for the gathering of your people, to give you thanks, O God, for music, to give thanks for voices raised in praise. And the scriptures tell us how good it is that we can come up to the temple of the Lord with our singing and our praises, with our adoration and our hallelujahs. And, oh God, it all happens so easily when we are lifted with the rhythm and the melody of music that stirs our hearts and allows us to join together as one to praise your holy name. And so, Lord, we give you thanks for the gifts that you've given to so many to guide us to praise you in so many different ways. And so, Lord, in this time, we just take a moment to be still and to take a moment to consider your presence here. We all face many things this week. We know that you're with us. We simply pray, oh God, might that awareness give us the strength to be able to face these things and by faith to move forward. So, oh Lord, we take this next moment just to be still just a few moments to remember that you're always with us.
just a moment, but long enough, O oh God, to remind us that every moment we stop, every moment we remember, every moment we know you're with us, it allows us to have the faith to take the next step in the way of faith. And this now we affirm by the words that you have taught us through Jesus Christ that we, as millions through the centuries and around the world today, will also pray with us these words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Receiving our gifts, tithes, and offerings, we did want to share the joy that Nick is back right where he should be. We continue to keep Nick in our prayers, and it's great to see you not in your uh, hospital bed, but <laughs> up and about. And, uh, you know, we do want to continue. Do you want to give an update or? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing much better. Thank you all so much for your prayers. I am. I get tired really easy, but I'm. I'm glad to be here. And, and Nick, tell no one what I told you how you looked in the hospital, please. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and your mom has got an even bigger smile with you. It's a joy, and we stay together. We give you thanks, O oh Lord. May the ushers come forward as we receive our gifts, tithes, and offerings.
glorious God, we give you thanks and praise as we offer to you these our gifts, tithes, and offerings. May you bless and multiply these, that we be faithful to the ministry to which you've called us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.
listen and receive a word, a reading from the word of God. Create us a clean heart, O God, and renew our spirit within us according to your grace and mercy. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear scripture from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. <clears throat> Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that my God may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on God, because God cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to God's eternal glory in Christ, our God will restore and support and strengthen and establish you. To God be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word for God's people. Praise be to God. May we pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise that again we hear read your word that continues to touch hearts and lives. May it too touch ours that we might be transformed. Give us ears to hear, a willingness to receive, and an openness to your spirit this day, now and forever. I love how God works. In case you don't know, Gary and I often pick our sermon topics in our scriptures well in advance. Usually um, we try to pick them months in advance, not having any idea of what's going to happen when the time comes to preach. I said at the 8 o'clock service, you know, I, I tend to be one who likes to procrastinate. But as I'm preparing for your Belinda, I actually have the sermons picked out through the end of the year, which is pretty impressive. So thanks to Gary for that guidance. But I have a confession to make. As I sat down Friday night to write the sermon, to work on this sermon, I read the scripture and I, I had actually forgotten why I picked it and what I, my intent was, what I was planning to, to speak on this morning. But as I read the verses for today, I see the hand of God all over it. Because this passage couldn't have come at a more opportune time and it couldn't have come at a, at a better moment to preach. And I've said it before, but I'll say it again, that sometimes I think the best sermons that Gary and I can preach are the ones that speak to us and the ones that speak to our hearts. Man, I cried at the 9 o'clock service. I told myself I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> so if I cry, I apologize. <laughs> so I thought I got it out of my system, but there might be a few tears, but it is what it is, and I'll, I'll rejoice. Um, yeah, but sometimes the best, the best sermons are ones that speak to our hearts and speak to us as much. And it's <laughs> that old saying, we preach to the choir. So what better day than on Music Appreciation Sunday? But as you know, my family and I are moving to Yorba Linda in a matter of weeks. It's exciting. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. You know, the moving trucks are coming June 29th. And that's, that's exciting. And we really are looking forward to that opportunity. However, on June 30th, when the truck pulls into Yorba Linda to deliver our stuff, there's no address yet for which to drop it. Though Julie and I have been praying, and, and 
really talking about the move, how to move forward. And, and I think we're in agreement and we're at peace with, with what our plan is and what our, what our desires are, our decisions are. With each passing day, we feel anxiety rising as we think, or at least I think, that we're one day closer to moving to a new opportunity and still have no place to call home. And no guarantee that we're going to have a lease signed by the 30th of June. Conversely, with each passing day, as that anxiety rises, Julia and I have talked and, and, and agree with one another that we can either let anxiety reign and let anxiety be our focus, or we can allow trust in the providence of God to be our focus. And we can allow anxiety to dictate how we move forward, or we can trust that God's got it covered. I wish I could tell you I got it all figured out. But I'll say that in the last few weeks, I think it's fair to say that in the last few weeks, our prayer life has probably never been stronger, you know? And our desire to trust in God's provision has never been stronger, despite the anxiety that we feel in, in, in looking for a house. Not on the move, but in looking for a house. Or better yet, on account of our anxiety, because the moment I... I feel that anxiety starting to, to creep up in me and, and that anxiety starting to take hold. I'm learning to turn to God all the faster in prayer and to turn to God's goodness. And it's in the struggle between anxiety and trusting in God's provision that the words of 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11 resound loud and clear. Cast your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. You know, on a grander scale, I think that these verses in, the, in this passage is so appropriate this morning. As we as a church, as a community of believers, prepare for a transition, Gary and I have had conversations with people, with some of you who are anxious about what the future holds. You know, come July 1st, you have the privilege of a new pastoral team with Walt and Rachel and some new opportunities and new excitement. But there's anxiety about what will happen without Gary and I here. After all, we bring 13 and a half years of ministry together and sharing together. You'll miss the jokes. <laughs> Deep down, you'll miss the bagpipes. <laughs> I know you're going to miss my really short sermons. <laughs> and heaven knows what... What's going to come out of our mouth any given week? We surprise ourselves sometimes with what we say. But it's fitting that we share this passage because it's written to a community of believers and to its elders. The first four verses of 1 Peter 5 talk to the elders, saying, set an example for your church. Set an example for those that you lead willingly by God's call. And that's what we strive to do on a consistent basis. And we'll mess up. We'll strive. And I think that's one of the things that makes this sermon, for me at least, a little bit harder, is to be transparent. Yeah, to share my anxiety, to share my concern. But it's also this, the verses 5 through 11 are written to the church to encourage you in times of anxiousness and in times of anxiety to trust in God's goodness. 
So for anyone who might feel anxious about what the future holds, about these next six weeks, seven weeks, for anyone who might feel anxiety about saying goodbye to Gary or myself and welcoming in Walt and Rachel, I can say with 100% assurance that nothing new. It's been going on with churches for 2,000 years, transitioning from one leader to the other, to the next. But God has been there every step of the way, and the same God who was there back then will continue to see this congregation through that time of transition, without doubt, without fail, with a promise and a purpose. But you know, when it comes to having anxiety, it goes well beyond our church walls, right? We experience anxiety within our personal lives and in our own daily life. We've all experienced it. We've all had it. According to Webster's Dictionary, anxiety is that feeling of worry, of nervousness, of, of an unease. Typically, it's prevalent when there's an imminent event or something with an uncertainty about its future. You know, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. <coughs> so anxiety becomes a response to stress. And in certain situations, anxiety is good and it's, it's you know, healthy, actually, believe it or not. Like, for example, if you've ever uh, studied for a test when you were in school, you get a little bit anxious. And so you study a little bit harder because you want to do well. Or maybe you're a little bit anxious about that job interview. So you, you, you look a little better, you prep a little bit harder. Or if you remember your first date with your sweetheart, <laughs> you were anxious. So you tried to make yourself look just right because you wanted to win their favor. But what happens when that anxiety becomes a little bit more prevalent? If it lasts a little longer? Or if it grows in its severity. Now it can have negative consequences. You know, some of the physical symptoms that occur with anxiety are irritability, muscle ache and tension, headaches, nausea, tiredness, fidgeting, a numbness in your hands and feet, hot flashes, to name but a few. And I looked at the list and there were like 30 different physical symptoms that could come from anxiety. And I chuckled because as I thought about it, that's some of the things that we see when we preach. <laughs> um, <laughs> the numbness comes from, no. Um, <laughs> kidding aside though, you know, we get anxious because we want answers, right? We get anxious because we want assurance. Anxiousness stems from not having answers at our disposal. Anxiousness stems from that inability to control things, right? I don't know about you, but I can be a control freak. <laughs> and some of you probably can relate. And when you lose control of things, it's tough to let go. Anxiety kicks in when our nerves are shot, when the stress is high, and something that is imminent or an uncertain future brings forth worry. And we've all been there, we've all experienced it because some of you have waited for that doctor to call to tell you news over the phone. Maybe you're waiting to hear from an employer about a job opportunity, waiting for a call from a loved one that you wanna make sure is safe, waiting for your child to be born Anyone who's in a relationship of any kind knows that anxiety can come. Financial pressures, 
Stress comes from emotional trauma. Like when you lose someone that you love, but you weren't ready to say goodbye. It comes in times of serious illness. It's during those times of anxiety that our trust in God gets put to the test. You know, but in those times where trust is hardest, Peter offers to us, or this letter, First Peter offers to us, I believe, three vital things to remember. And they're simple, but we sometimes forget on how to handle anxiety. You see, first, the reading this morning says, discipline yourselves, keep alert. In another translation, it says, be sober, or be alert and of sober mind. For some people, the only way they know how to handle anxiety is by addiction. Whatever that addiction might be, they turn to stuff to, to meet that anxiety, to, to curb that anxiety. For others, when they feel anxious, they, they meet it head on or go full force and try and overcome that anxiety with their own ability and their own strength and their own understanding. Yet what happens in those times when your strength and your understanding isn't enough? What happens when you can't do it alone? Scripture tells us that if we want to truly overcome anxiety, we must first go to God with humility and share anxiety before God, not other stuff. And I'm not saying don't talk to your friends or don't rely upon people, but first and foremost do we turn to God. The greatest commandment, Jesus said, is what? To love God. The second is like it, to love your neighbor. The first four commandments deal with your relationship, our relationship with God. The second six, the next six deal with our relationship to our neighbors. The fruits of the Spirit, goodness, kindness, peace, patience, gentleness, the first three of six deal with our relationship with God. They stem from that. The next deal with our relationship stemming with people. You see, all throughout Scripture, it's abundantly apparent that first and foremost, our focus should be on God. And I hate to say it, but it really is that simple. I say it all the time that our focus is God first. But we forget. We take our focus off of God and we know all we have to do is ask Peter the results. What's going to happen when you lose focus? You sink, right? You start to flounder and go, God, are you here? God, where are you? When you have that feeling of anxiety rising within you, what do you do? Or where do you turn to curb that anxiety? My prayer is that it is God first. You see, because I believe that when our focus is on God, we learn the second point. And it says, resist him, the devil, and stand firm in the faith. Now, I know some of you might say there is no such thing as the devil. Well, the term Satan is also translated adversary. And here it even says adversary. And I believe that anything or anyone that stands in opposition to God's plan and God's purpose in our lives and for this world and for this congregation and for all things is an adversary. Anything that takes us off of our focus becomes an adversary. Therefore, anxiety can become an adversary because we stop trusting in God's provision. And we stop trusting in God's plans because it leads, our, and anxiousness can lead to doubts. You know, I always say, God's only as good as his last miracle. Have you ever realized that? 
You know, God can do everything, can provide you with the most blessed life, can give you, you know, a family or a job or a housing or whatever the case might be, can give all of these blessings to you. But then when the next hurdle comes, we go, God, are you really going to provide? God, I know you've done all these things before, but are you still here now? Are you going to do it? And doubt creeps in. And we begin to take off our focus off of God, and we look at the surroundings. We look at that illness. We look at that finance. We look at whatever the case might be. And God says, look at me. And we know that the adversary was present to Jesus at the start of his ministry in the wilderness temptations. You know, the, Satan said, I will give you these things. And there were three temptations. There's things Jesus was going to get. The difference is he wouldn't have to go through the suffering or through the passion to get there. And how did he respond? He quoted scripture. Man does not live on bread alone. But by every word from the mouth of God. And when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and praying and the beads of sweat turned to blood and he cried out in anguish, he prayed, not my will but thine be done. He knew that God was the answer. When you and I feel anxiety rise, what do we do about it? Do we resist doubt and anxiety by turning to God? Or do we face our anxiety or allow our anxiety to, to, to lead us, to dictate. If you don't already, I strongly encourage you to start to learn some passages of Scripture. Have them memorized you know, at your beck and call when that time comes. Here are a few of my favorite. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. You all know Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. And my favorite passage, and it hangs in my wall in my office... And it was a gift from Julia for Christmas. It's got me holding Christina on my ordination. And the passage is Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, bring your request before God, and he will grant you the desires of your heart. Third, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. You know that's easier said than done, right? I can tell, tell you all day, oh, just give it to God, just give it to God. But it's hard. What happens when we cast our cares before God, but nothing changes? What happens when we go to God and say, here, God, I'm giving it all to you. Nothing comes. Does God still care? Does God hear our cries? I know it is just the opposite. It's in those moments that absolutely, 100%, without doubt, God says, heck yeah, I care. Heck yeah, I hear your cries. And I know this, not because those storms or those doubts lessen, but there's a change in our heart that brings peace that passes all understanding. And it's hard to explain, but if you've ever experienced those moments where even as anxiety rises, there's a calmness. And you know that the Spirit of the Lord is there in the place, and you rejoice. Boyd Davis at the 8 o'clock service reminded me of Corey Ten Boom's famous quote, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. In a simple way, I think it's that we learn to let go of the need to control the situation, or rather respond by faith to the situation. Anxiety really does become a control issue. And as I share that, I 
reminded of a poem, and I've used it before, and I've paraphrased it before. But I want to share with you the poem entitled The Little Boy's Story. A boy sat down, and he looked so sad. His toy had gone apart. He tried to fix it, but too bad he just wasn't that smart. Oh, father, help me, was his cry. Please fix this toy for me. My pleasure, son, the quick reply, as he came close to see. The boy bowed down and tried anew each time with greater zeal, but as the night drew close, he knew his failure was too real. He then looked up and cried again, My father, don't you care? You told me you would help me, but your hand was never there. My precious son, the father said, as he in love bowed down, I waited here all afternoon while you tried on your own. I could not fix your toy, you see, because you didn't let it go. But give me, please, each broken part, and I'll fix it now. And so the story ended with a happy little boy who finally gave it all to Dad who fixed his broken toy. Have you a broken story or an anxious heart? Something that's too hard to fix or a dream that broke apart? Then give it to your father, your loving friend above. Just leave it all in his big hands and trust a father's love. You know, as I preach this at the 8 o'clock service, after the service, several people came up and shared some of the anxiety that they're facing. I don't know where some of you might be in your life or if there or any of you who are anxious about anything or experiencing some anxiety in your life at the present. But I want to invite you for a moment to, to come up and share in prayer. You don't have to tell us what, what it is. God knows. But I believe that God does ask us to cast our cares upon him. I've asked Pam Sutphin if she would join with us in praying and Gary and myself. So at this time, I'd like to invite you, if there is something in your life that you want to just pray with us, don't tell us, God knows it, but I want to invite you forward. As I said, when the, when the tears come, yeah, I'm not afraid. It's just, you know, I know God's got it. And to kind of finish up, to tell you kind of the next step in our house hunt, so to speak. You know, on Friday, um, as I was writing the sermon, the anxiety was there. You know, the, the, the forefront of my brain was this house, or was a house. And my beautiful wife, when we went to bed, we got the opportunity and the privilege to pray together. And as we prayed about a house, you know, Saturday morning, I, I got out of bed, and the first thing I did was check my email. And we, you know, there's a house that we love. There's a house that, that we would love to have. And up to that point, you know, I emailed the realtor, and I, I you know, tried to, to woo them with my credentials or whatever, try to you know, take control. Um, you know, and I said, this is, this is the reality of our situation. Um, and they, they responded with a very curt answer. You know, we have showing this time to this time. You know, didn't work in our schedule. And so, long story short, we kind of wrote off the house and said, okay, it's not, you know, bad landlord, not meant to be, whatever. Well, Saturday morning, I opened up my email, and here is this email from this same realtor. Hi, Brian. Wanted to see if you're still interested in this house. You know, they've had showings. We haven't talked to this person in over a week. 
And she said, if you're interested next Saturday, I would love to be able to show you this house. If you want to come down to your Belinda and check it out. Immediately, <laughs> immediately I responded, we'll be there on the 27th. Can't wait to see you. you know, truth be told, that's a good face gesture. And we talked last night. We're going down this afternoon to look at it. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea how it's going to turn out, but I can tell you with 100% assurance, I don't care. Honestly, I know God's got control. And from that place, I will never cease to give praise to God and never cease to sing God's praises because I know whether it's this house or another one, God's got it. Yeah. And we were joking around, there's a nice youth room if we need a place to stay. <laughs> but kidding aside, I know God's got it. I'm not concerned today. <laughs> I will sing praises to God every day as the anxieties hit. And with that, I want to close once more with the beautiful words from 1 Peter. Because it's the promise that the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you. And make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power and the glory and the praise forever and ever. And we will rejoice. And Lord willing, come next week with a joy that Elise has been signed. But if not, I'll still sing praises. <laughs> May we pray. <laughs> Gracious God, we thank you. That in your abundant goodness, in your abundant grace, you meet us exactly where we are. Glorious Lord, we know the trials, the issues, the things that we weigh upon, or that weigh upon us. And we know that sometimes life is awesome, and for that we rejoice and give you thanks. But sometimes we get scared, we get nervous, we get anxious. And sometimes in those moments, we might feel like we're all alone. But God, I know that you constantly remind us, you call to us, I will never leave you. I will never, ever forsake you. So God, we ask and we praise you that in this place, we feel your spirit move. We feel your presence for that calm, still voice reminding us, I love you. And I'll never let you go. God, may we give you our all and walk by faith in that knowledge and in that heart to know you and love you more through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to stand and to share and lift your voices loud in praise as we sing our hymn of dedication 68 with Music, when in our music God is glorified, we'll sing verses 1, 3, and 5.
invite you to reach out and take the hand of one near you and as gathered together one hand with one another give that hand a little squeeze that means we're alive that means we're connected that means we're in fellowship that means you never walk alone because we know that God goes with us so now receive the choral blessing and the benediction now let us go and make our way with So now go forth to continue the song, to raise our voices in praise to our God, and that with music, with voice, with blessing and grace, that Jesus Christ may be praised. Now be blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.